In case you missed my announcement last week, the Minimalish Collective is here and I am so excited about it. The Minimalish Collective is a Patreon community where I will be sharing a bonus podcast called Minimalish Plus Coffee. It'll be two episodes a month and we are going to be just talking behind the scenes of what minimalish life looks like lived out but that is only the beginning of what the minimalish collective is all about because we will also be going through a bi-monthly focus and the first month we'll be going through a challenge i'll give you a workbook and we'll walk through a challenge together of some sort the second month we will be diving into a related book club our first challenge is going to be a two-week maintenance decluttering challenge i'm so excited about it but if you want to learn more about the collective you can go over to patreon.com minimalish i'll have that link in the show notes i would love to see you in the collective you're listening to minimalish a podcast where we talk about simplifying our stuff our lives, our motherhood, all in a realistic way so that we can make room for what matters. We're not here for perfectly tidy homes or seeing how much we can possibly declutter. We're here for living with less. Realistically, it's going to look different for all of us, but we're not really focused on how our version of minimalism looks anyways. We're focused on how it feels. I'm your host, Desiree. I'm a mom to two and on my own journey of living with a little less clutter so I can have more space for an intentional life. I'm no expert and I like to think of this as a corner of the internet where we're learning and growing together. So let's walk towards a more simple and intentional life. Here's this week's episode. Welcome back to Minimalish. Today, I'm so excited to be bringing you the first Minimalism Stories episode of the year. So this week, we are kicking off the minimalism stories with Jordan Jones as our guest. She's a mom to three, four and under, and she has such an interesting and fun story just of how minimalism has become such a value in her life and not through like the typical means of learning about it through some kind of either documentary or book, but rather just deciding she and her husband wanted to travel more so they lived with a whole lot less so that they could travel more and through that over the years she's just kind of defined what minimalism means to her what it's going to look like for her family in this specific season that she's in with three young kids and i really love our conversation because we we dive into so many different things but the biggest part of her story that we talk about is she recently within the past year did a cross-country move twice with three kids and minimalism was a big part in making that at least a little bit less stressful than it would have been with a whole lot of stuff so we are diving into things like moving in minimalism and minimalism with kids we even talk about minimalism with our wardrobe for a brief minute. She gives us just her advice of starting out with minimalism and what she's learning about minimalism. We just talk about a whole lot of things. And that's why I love these episodes because I just love sitting down and diving into someone's story and going from there. And that's what we did in this episode. So I hope that you enjoy it. Let's dive into my conversation with Jordan. Jordan, I'm so excited to have you on the show today and to hear a little bit more about your story. I was on your podcast about a month ago, and I just dove into your podcast at that point, and I learned about your story of these like 
crazy moves that you have done <laughs> across country. And then I know like just from hearing bits and pieces of that story, I heard kind of other glimpses into just like your life before kids and all the different ways that you have pursued minimalism in your life. So I was like, we need to get you on the show and do a minimalism story with you. So before we dive into all of that, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me on the podcast. This is so fun. I'm really excited to chat about this because even though it's not like what I do in business, minimalism is a big, I'd say value in our lives and something that has evolved a lot over the years. But um, I'm Jordan. I am a mama to three little girls. Um, we have moved all across the country as we've pursued some different ministry opportunities for my husband. Um, and my husband and I own two businesses together. So we have an e-commerce business and we, um, I have my own marketing consulting and coaching business as well, where I help other, um, entrepreneurs and moms build online businesses with digital products and things in a way that allows them to serve their families and serve others and do that all without sacrificing the things that really matter most to them. I love it. And I am truly loving your podcast. I oh, thank you. Been... Oh, yeah. And I'm a podcast host. I should, <laughs> I should probably say that as well. I'm, not like, I'm on my own podcast most of the time and people know that. That's my, <laughs> the podcast, Yeah. But... Yeah. So you have the Work and Worship podcast. Yes. And um, it's just it's really great for anyone who wants to kind of dive into how they can kind of I, I would say it's geared towards like creative entrepreneurs mostly. Right. And um, women who are creative entrepreneurs and want to focus their work around God as the center of the, what they do. So just just putting that plug out there. It's all, it's all based <laughs> on Colossians 3.23 so that, you know, all of our glory essentially can be, or all of our work can be done for the glory of the God, whether it's secular work, it's not, it doesn't have to be, you know, like a Christian business. It could be your work in your home. It could be work in a side hustle or a business. Um, so yeah, it's just conversations on our faith and our work and our homes and kind of the intersection of all of that. Yeah. So although we're not really talking about your expertise today, anyone can go and find you <laughs> and, and listen into all of that. But we are going to talk about something that it seems like has been a part of your life for a long time. So can you just talk a little bit about like how long has minimalism been a part of your life? Even if you want to talk about what what your life looked like maybe before minimalism, yeah. did you discover minimalism at some point and then like shift your life? What did that look like for you? I think I was like kind of strong-armed into minimalism. <laughs> I think a lot of the things that I've wound up loving in my life or have been really, I don't know, these pivotal, pivotal moments, I feel like I kind of just jumped into the deep end and was all in and I didn't really have a choice in the matter. And so before I really embraced minimalism, I would probably say I was like a maximalist. Like I loved shopping. I'd come home from college and I would be like, I'd be so excited to go to like Nordstrom Rack with my mom. And just like, I, I loved getting clothes and shopping. And like, I think back to the amount of heels that I had just in practical number of heels and, you know, in high school and in college and even, you know, my corporate job afterwards, um, yeah, I just, I did not embrace minimalism by any means, not to like a hoarder, but just a regular, like I enjoyed shopping. I enjoyed things. There was really no, not a ton of value placed on that in my life. 
And in 2015, um, my now husband and I quit our corporate jobs and we backpacked South America for four months. And so that kind of forced me (laughs) into it because I went from a small New York apartment, but literally in New York City, I had like a separate standalone wardrobe to fit all my clothes into there because I had all these things. And then went from that to living out of a 65 liter backpack and you know, anything I want, whether it's like shoes or toiletries or clothes options had to fit in that bag for four months. And it was really daunting. And I was like, how in the world are we going to do this? But it kind of forced me to just like pick favorites and, and really, I mean, it was, like I said, the deep end, like the, not just, oh, I'm going to purge my closet a little bit. It was like, you can only bring one pair of jeans and two pairs of shorts and three, whatever it was. It was, and they had to be really practical things for me because we were going to be hiking the Inca trail and, you know, living in hostels and backpacking. Like I was not packing shoes. I didn't pack a hair straightener or dryer. Like, you know, it was as simple as it could get. And Something that happened on that trip that really amazed me is I didn't miss anything that I didn't have with me. Like it was so much easier to get dressed every day, aside from the idea of like unpacking and packing an entire backpack of, you know, that stress. But it was just so easy to make decisions. It was so like I had everything we needed and it just wasn't, it wasn't even an issue. And then um, you know, once we got married a few years later and, and we were, we actually started our marriage, um, one month later, we moved into an RV and we did that full time. And that also was like another moment of, okay, we can't register for all of these things on our wedding registry. And like, I remember my mom saying like, you need a good vacuum. I was like, where am I going to put a vacuum? I live in 300 square feet on wheels. <laughs> like I don't need that. Um, and so I feel like both of those moments of backpacking and then RV life, really just forced me to live with a lot less and then because of that I just realized like I didn't miss any of the things that I I got rid of or I didn't have with me and there was just so much freedom and joy in that without all of the extra yeah I love that because I feel like it's different than a lot of people's journeys into minimalism usually it's like oh I learned that living with less can be really great. And then I go and like go backpacking. (laughs) How can I travel? And I was like, you know, 23 or something, you know, with what we had saved from our corporate jobs. And we're like, well, we're going to do this as cheap as possible. We're not walking around with, we're not staying in hotels and bringing suitcases. So it just, it was what worked practically for us, but it was so good. Like it, I think from there, it kind of made me start looking into, you know, the minimalism documentary and, and start understanding, oh, this is actually a thing. Like there's a reason that this brings us so much joy and it feels so much better. But yeah, we were kind of like forced into it or I was on the front end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So you got started through just like kind of lifestyle changes due to mm-hmm. I don't know, fun endeavors, like wanting to travel. (laughs) Can you share how, like, once you had kids, what did that look like? Did you, were you kind of just already, you know, in the minimalist mindset? So having kids, you didn't like amass all the stuff like many of us do through baby showers and all of that. What did that look like for you? You know, it's funny. I think when you and I've talked about this, I think a bit on my podcast, but I think minimalism is 
for me at least, more of a mindset than like always an exact state of being because even at the end of that RVing, like, you know, two years later, I remember unpacking the RV and being like, how in the world did we acquire all this stuff in this really small space? And I think it's easy to have that value of like, okay, we don't want a lot. And it still like kind of slowly creeps on in. And at least for me and my experience with kids, I feel like it's so, that is you know, to the extreme of how easy it is for things to come into your home, especially if you have multiple kids. And so when we had my first daughter, I was actually, we were living in the RV the entire time I was pregnant and planning to continue living in the RV once we had her. And that changed when I was like 35 weeks. But I say that because a lot of the things we had registered for and like baby shower wise, we were planning on giving her like a little renovated corner of an RV and we were trying to keep it really simple. And we wound up um, renting a house through family that was like a thousand square feet, you know, a, a small little home. It was perfect for us, but it also helped us to continue to keep things simple because we didn't have a ton of space and we didn't, I don't know. I just didn't want a lot of stuff. I also really appreciate, I think going through not having as many things in the other year, like, you know, in RV life and things, I started to really appreciate having quality things that I really loved and that like are really aesthetically pleasing or bring me joy instead of just having a ton of bad crap to put it lightly right I'm like look I'm about to spell it out because I think my kids are around me (laughs) Um, and so with my oldest it wasn't so bad going into it but man we were the first grandchild on my family and you know we I have three sisters my husband has three sisters and it is easy not even if you have a value of minimalism, if your family doesn't quite understand that, the amount of things people will just bring, even especially clothes, people love buying newborn clothes. And we, that was really hard. I feel like the first time with a kid and, and realizing that first Christmas, we went to family house and I think they like they expected my six month old to open up all these crazy <laughs> gifts. And I was like, these are going to live here. Like they're going to stay at my mom's house because I I can't bring them back into my house. And so that was actually the hardest part, I think, was having kids was almost like setting that boundary or expectation with family because when it was just us, pe- people aren't just buying us gifts to buy us gifts and like influence influx in our house. But with kids, people love giving you stuff. And so it's really hard to like constantly have stuff coming in, especially stuff that you didn't pick out or you necessarily need and like manage that with what's going, what's flowing out. And now I have three kids they're four and a half three and almost two and so they play with similar things but they also have all these different ages that they want to play with and they love toys and they love brightly colored things and so yeah I'd say like having kids has actually been a new challenge for me of okay I want my house to just be like bare bones of like you get five toys and you get five toys and I think what's good about that and like what's helped me in that mindset is I know it's actually better for them to have less things. I've seen that happen where I can purge half that toy bin and they don't even notice and they play with things even more. But that feels like more of a constant cycle, I guess, now of with kids. I just feel like I'm constantly reevaluating or constantly like pulling all the toys out or doing um, toy rotation has been really helpful where we're not really necessarily like getting rid of everything. I, I joke that I put the toys on probation. Like I just put them away for a few months. And if they haven't asked, then then they go to donate. But 
it's also, I mean, we've had these conversations now, especially with my oldest, where I'll say like, okay, if we're going to bring this new thing in, like, what can we give to another kid? Like, what can we get rid of? And so I think that's helped that we already had that value. And now we're kind of trying to adopt it as a family value. And my kids understand that, okay, we're, we don't need all of these things to be happy. And, and other kids can play with it and have this idea of like, when we bring new stuff in, you know, there's other things that we can get rid of too. Yeah, I like, you know, the example that you gave of just how they they love toys and they love all the colorful plasticky things, mm-hmm. you know, Loud because I think and plastic and colorful like that. Yeah, why? <laughs> I think that that is a struggle for so many of us who want to live with less. And then there's also the minimalism aesthetic, which is beautiful. And I mean, maybe some people like more color than the minimalism aesthetic, but it's not it's not even that it's just like the idea of having less stuff in a room, right? And just having a room that feels, I don't know, like there's a lot of space and not a lot of clutter. And we want that. And it's really hard to achieve sometimes when you've got little kids running around because of even if we're not the ones buying them the plastic toys, mm-hmm. others will. And it's like, what do you what do you do in that case? You don't like just steal all of their joy and throw all the stuff in the trash right (laughs) it's just about like figuring out what it looks like to live with your minimalist mindset and and teach it to your kids but also know that it doesn't have to be perfect so I I just I love that you kind of mentioned that yeah it kind of goes against what you might want for your space but you know that it is what it is at and the I think same time. Ways to, I mean, I am, I do prefer neutral color things. I just think, I think bright things sometimes feel cl- extra clutter or it's like eye clutter. But I'm, I do have to practice. Like when my kids are playing, like I want them to play and be creative and make messes and have fun and not be like, you know, a crazy you can't have no toys thing. But I can also put all of the magnet tiles in like a really cute little rope bin. And that way it looks cute for me, but it's accessible and easy for them. And so things like I feel like I found these little kind of compromises. Also, my biggest tip, I think, for (laughs) grandparents, especially or like people that love buying your kids stuff is we've really started to either get a specific wish list when Christmas comes around because they want to buy them something or a toy. And I just keep a list on my phone all year long for like a birthday or holiday of like, these are things they've actually asked for or want, or I just ask for experiences or crafts because crafts, my kids love doing, and then we hang them up and then they get out of my house. And so it's not like adding permanently to the clutter or the toys. It's just like a fun thing we get to do. Yeah. I love that tip. Okay. I want to talk about this was within like the past couple of years for you, right? Like the cross country moves. The last year. Yeah. The we, last year. Well, I guess <laughs> okay. a little over a year now, but we moved from New Jersey to Colorado at the end of September of 2022. And then we moved from Colorado to Virginia in the state, like a year later after that. So kind of yeah. two cross country moves back to back. Yeah, so cross country. <laughs> I think I was listening to one of your episodes and I heard you mention something about like moving in short period of time. And so I was like, oh, I need to find this because we moved like within two years, but literally like 20 minutes. So I cannot imagine because we moved 20 minutes away one way and then we like came back 20 minutes a couple years later, which is sounds silly, but whatever. It's a long story, which I'm sure yours is too. 
when I heard your story, I was like, oh, across the country, like back and forth mm-hmm. in a year. So you can share if you want to share a little bit of that story of just because I'm sure someone listening is like, why? What? What's that about? <laughs> <laughs> but also, I want to really dive into how minimalism played a part in those moves and maybe made them less crazy than they would have been with a lot of stuff because you had three kids Mm -hmm. going on these moves too okay all right (laughs) let's dive into that i want to thank paired for being a sponsor of today's episode what makes you feel lucky in your relationship maybe this is a question that you are thinking about because it is february a month where love is often a little bit further on the top of our minds And it's a question that I was recently asked via an app that my husband and I have been using to grow closer together. The app is called Paired, and it's a relationship app for couples. You and your partner download the app, you pair together, and every day Paired gives you questions, quizzes, and games to have fun, stay connected, and deepen your conversations. My husband and I have learned a lot about each other via Paired. We actually started using it at the beginning of last year, and we still love this app. It has mostly just opened the door to sharing the things we love about one another more often. It's simple and often hilarious. Each day you get a quiz or question to answer, and you cannot see your partner's answers until you answer yourself. One of the quizzes we were recently given was about knowing yourself, and it was interesting and somewhat funny to see the answers that we gave and the answers that we thought the other would give. No matter what the subject, you have to answer before you see your partner's answers, which I love because it just keeps us authentic with our answers. Whether you're just a few dates in or you've been together for a long time, it's time to lighten the mood and have fun with your partner by using Paired. Head to paired.com slash minimalish to get a seven-day free trial and 25% off if you sign up for a subscription. Just head to paired.com slash minimalish to sign up today. Connect with your partner every day using Paired. A happier relationship starts here. Youngest, my youngest was about four months old when we moved the first time and so babies still need like a decent amount of things and it's you know we so we moved for ministry um we my husband and i have had our own business for over eight years now and uh part of the rv life when we were traveling we traveled full-time within the rv for two years before we had kids and we spent three winters the third with our oldest out in breckenridge colorado and so we got really plugged in at that time with the local church and community and so they had asked us, actually right before I had my youngest, if we would pray about moving out there and for my husband to join the staff. And I was like, I'm about to have a baby. I'm not making life decisions during this time. And so we prayed about it. We were fasting about it and um, decided that we were going to move out to Colorado. And I will say, because it felt like, okay, we've never been in ministry in this way. This is a huge move. We left behind all, I mean, we were living near family to go out in the middle of nowhere, pretty much, not in the middle of nowhere, but around no family. And it was really fast. It happened about about a month from when we were like deciding to when we had to be out there. So we didn't go like full throttle and sell everything and get rid of our house. We wound up renting our home that we owned to my chiropractor and they were in a apartment before. So we wound up keeping a bunch of that for like the big furniture, couches and tables and things in the house. So that did help because I didn't need to like 
I don't know, with a quick move, thinking of purging was really hard. But it did kind of force me to be like, you know, go through all the baby clothes, go through all my pregnancy stuff, go through like all of, I think the little things are what is easy to add up over the day. The toys and like, I don't know, for me, 15 journals that are half used and things like that. So it kind of forced me to go through of like, what if I'm going to store a few things here in the attic? Like I wasn't pregnant at the time, but you know, if we have more kids, what are the few things that I really want to keep? And what else can I just get rid of? And so the move itself forced me to go through that kind of purge process and figure out like what is really worth keeping because we didn't know if we'd be out there long term or if we'd come back in a year and because we were driving out there and we have a truck but we got the biggest u-haul that you could pull which is only a 9 by 12 trailer so we were pretty much like we have to fit anything that we want to bring out with us in a 9 by 12 trailer we didn't have ten thousand dollars to spend on a moving company and like take everything with us and so again i think it just was like a constraint forced upon us and we were like well one thing that we invested in when we bought our house was a really good mattress so i'm like i'm bringing my mattress and i think we brought like one couch that we liked and the rest of it was mostly like clothes and you know kitchen stuff and i don't know it, it really wasn't like it just that's what forced us I think to bring really simple amounts of <laughs> everyone got like one bin pretty much because that's all we could take um which is kind of what happened with the RV too we we drove across the country from New Jersey to California to pick up our first RV and so we could only bring what we could fit in the bed of our truck and so this the constraint that we had forced us to like pick our favorite things and I think what helped with that too is when we showed up to this house in Colorado, I only had the absolute absolute necessities and I feel like starting with a really clean blank slate and then we could add things in that we felt like, oh, this would be really helpful or necessary. That was such a gift versus when we bought our house, we just brought everything that we had from our rental that, you know, maybe it worked there and now we're trying to like find a spot in it just because we already own it and we already have it. And so to me, that clean slate was really nice. Um, we also moved to a ski town, so Facebook Marketplace out there was awesome. <laughs> we got like really great TV stand for like 20 bucks. And, and so we just kind of went out with a, we're just going to kind of find thrifted or secondhand furniture that we really like and take our time doing that. Um, and then when we moved back across the country, um, that was unexpected as well. We kind of expected to be out in Colorado for at least a few years. And then some things happened with our housing and, and just the situation out there. Um, and we wound up finding or being introduced to an opportunity in Virginia for my husband to do a pastoral internship program, which is only 10 months long. So we knew we needed to bring, like we were moving, but this also is maybe temporary. <laughs> and so um, what's interesting is we brought, we didn't even bring everything that we had in Colorado because we had bought furniture and we had to sell things. Again, we brought essentials, but then we moved into this house that was a lot bigger. Just It just happened to be what we found in rental-wise and stuff. And I found myself being like, all right, we need to fill all these rooms and all these spaces. And like now we have a guest room and all this stuff. And so this year, this move was actually harder for me because I had more space and it felt like we had to fill a space more. Whereas like in a smaller, simpler home, it was really nice having it like simple and open. And I don't know if like that, you've had that issue at all with moves. Um, but yeah, I feel like we've moved so many the last few years that the, one of the harder things for me is 
I don't want to keep buying new stuff to fit the home. So I'm trying to like use things that we've had in previous homes to work, even though they don't work great. So to me, it's a, this has been a challenge. It's been a challenge, this move more so than the last. Um, But it's just, I don't know. It's kind of like forcing you to go through those cycles over and over again and reevaluating what you want your, not just what you want your home to look like, but how you want your home to function and feel like too. I think that's maybe been the biggest lesson that I've been learning. Yeah, I, I can relate to that. We, our last move, we just moved not on purpose, but kind of sounds like your situation. We did move into a bigger space and I mean, it, the reason was the price of the space was less than what we were paying before. So that wasn't the only reason we moved into the house we did. We're near family and everything now, but we weren't looking for more space. And what I've noticed along the journey, because we've lived in four different homes now, is that a smaller space really is a gift. So like anyone who's listening to this that feels like, and there's nothing wrong with a bigger space, like at the same time, I'm thankful that we have more space, but it is, it's so much easier to have this mindset of, oh, I have more space so I can keep more stuff or I, you know, we have a playroom now, which I mean, if we have a lot of toys in that playroom, it gets trashed. So we can have a space for the toys, but we still need to have less, less stuff. So how did, how have you like dealt with that temptation to buy more and, and fill a larger space? If anyone who's listening can relate to that. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think I told Pete, I'm like, after this place, I, I prefer a smaller home I, with a more open floor plan. Like, I loved that I could see my kids while I was in the kitchen. Or I just, I think when you have more space, you have more places for things to hide. Or you're like, you're just, you can close the door and put as much stuff as you want in there. Um, and storage space and all of that. I think the tip I'd give to is, I mean, I think too, it depends on like if you're renting temporarily, maybe it's a little harder but especially if you're buying a place, it's to take it a little slow, like to go slower when you're designing rooms or to like go run room at a time and maybe live there a little bit and figure out like what really makes sense. Because I think how you use the house, it affects how you want, you know, like just practically the type of room you want to set up. And so um, I think, you know, like for example, we moved here and we have this really weird, odd room, like in the middle of the house and it's a playroom for us because it already had built-ins and so it's easy to just to put their bins there it kind of means that toys are like in the middle of my house all the time but i found this a larger craft table on um, facebook marketplace and it worked great like i bought that because i'm like all right this is great for this space and you know the way we're using this house and if i get rid of it in a year when we move, it was $20 on Facebook Marketplace. And so I think if you're like wondering how you want to use a space or you're trying things, I mean, my tip would actually be to like utilize something like buy nothing groups on Facebook or Facebook Marketplace, because I feel like it's a lower commitment, at least for me of, okay, this is going to serve us right now in the season. And if we move again, or if we, if it changes, then I didn't just spend hundreds or thousands of dollars to make this like this Pinterest perfect place. And I think also, and something I still struggle with, coming to terms with like, you don't need a Pinterest perfect home for it to be practical and helpful and useful for you. Um, figuring out like how your family is going to function and what serves you the best, it needs that needs to be part of the conversation too. Like an example of this is we just bought 
a water filter. Um, I'm like somewhat crunchy and I've been dying to get like filtered water. And um, there were two different options. And one was this like beautiful glass carafe thing. And I'm like, my kids are not ever going to be able to touch that. It's going to live in the fridge. Or another one that's like a little uglier, but it had a push button where my kids could fill their own water. And so I got that and I'm making it work with this space because functionally I want my kids to be able to get themselves water and foster independence. And so I think that no matter what size your house is, knowing what your function and purpose is, is a really big part of it. And then I think for a big house moving into it and thinking about decorating or filling it is, yeah, I would just go slow, like go slow and see how you use it and what you really need it for. Like we've moved where our office space is three times in this house because I'm like, oh, this is the perfect office room. And then I'm like, actually, I don't like this lighting or, you know, but I didn't go and make over an entire room and build built-in things and paint the walls. Like I think living in it a little bit helps with that. And then my third bonus tip is just buy plants. To me, plants are really easy. I mean, they're not the easiest to move, but they're not that inexpensive and they're great decor that adds like a nat- very natural element. And they're really great for you too. Like buy some snake plants and put them in your bedrooms and they'll oxygenate the air at night. And so they're like helping your health and they look really nice and they're really hard to kill snake plants, especially. Um, that That's kind of been the thing where like I've, I feel like it feels homier to me when I add something simple like plants. Yeah. I love all of those tips. And I especially I love that you talked about secondhand shopping for <laughs> furniture and whatever else really that you need in your home because I I think that that has been key for us like just being in so many different homes because even if the space is not that different size wise it's just the fact of you're taking stuff that fit in one home mm-hmm. and then when you move to the next like you said earlier it just is hard to to make it work sometimes and so if you're not you know, spending an arm and a leg on a brand new stuff, then it feels better to be like, okay, well then I can let this go to the next person and find something again, secondhand that fits. And also speaking of like the Pinterest perfect as well, I think that's just such a temptation. As soon as you move into a house, you just like want to get all the rooms done. Mm -hmm. Right. I've been here for a year and we really have not done much. Like we have all the same furniture that we moved with and we haven't really added anything. We haven't even put things on the walls. And part of that is I sometimes get like a little bit, I don't know, it's like I get frozen. I don't know what to do because of minimalism. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it goes like the opposite direction. But also it's like, what, what is that really taking from me? Like a year of not having my house look perfectly how I want it. Like it's still cozy. I, I just think that it's important to remember that in like the age of social media where we see all of these really pretty homes. Like that doesn't have to be what our homes are to be like a happy home to raise a family in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's that Pinterest struggle, Instagram influencer struggle. It's real. It is. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. I talk about it all the time. I know. I think we talked about that on my podcast too. Yeah. Our conversations are like, it doesn't, you don't have to have your home look like everyone else's. And I'm, I am someone that my husband doesn't care, but I am someone that is very much impacted. Like my internal peace, my mental state is impacted by visually like what things look like around me. And so I think also having to move and rent, I'm like, okay, this house isn't going to be exactly what I want. I can't paint the wall, all the walls, the colors that I want, or like make it as maybe appealing or, you know, my style. So the minimalism part of it kind of 
forces me of like, what can I do in this space to reduce maybe some of that mental clutter or the things that stress me out or overwhelm, even when I can't, you know, maybe it's not the vision that I'd have if this was like our forever home. Yeah. So good. Kind of coming back to just talking about minimalism in general, what in your home, um, right now in a smaller space, like all through your years of motherhood, I guess so far, what has been the most impactful space for you to keep uncluttered in your home? Mm. That's really good. I think it, I think it's changed. I think, I mean, a living room is like a main space that we use. And so I, I do try to keep that like as an easy reset kind of place. Um, obviously the kids toys I think I think for me I've learned like we need some kind of structure and organization or it feels just overwhelming and like no one wants to put stuff away and it's you know now I know even if I walk in and there's toys everywhere we have a system that it's really easy to get back to that reset so I think like with kids I mean probably the toys and play space are probably the biggest impact of minimalism and organizing and then I think just practically in like all of our houses that front door space we don't have a mudroom or any kind of we don't have a garage in this house actually and so like coats and shoes and all the things that could just get dropped when you walk in like I don't know that overwhelms me because like this is the first thing walking into your house you pass through it all the time and we used to have this cute little two stack I don't know, fit like six shoes or something impractical, but we used to have this thing and I was moving with it. And I'm like, we have five people in my family now. This is never like this. So now that's like for our guests by the door. But I got these, um, something I actually did invest in in this house was those like wall shoe units where it kind of looks like it's a really thin dresser and then you can pull it forward and they can fit like 28 pairs of shoes each or something. And that's been for me really impactful because it's a system and it's clean like you it can fit so many things my kids can use it so it's accessible for them where I'm helping them do something themselves even though they may or may not have broken the things a few times I've had to like re-screw them in but um yeah I think that front door space making that easy to like not get over cluttered and then the the playroom would probably be like the two biggest impactful spaces in my house yeah and it really is like the system plus the like having less stuff right Mm because if we have just less stuff but no system for it then it gets crazy anyways and then if you have a system and too much stuff then it gets crazy anyway yeah they they really need to work in tandem one thing actually this is just a little trick i thought of because i was thinking of my entry space i can't remember i think someone in colorado had told me i have i got this cute little basket like kind of an open basket with handles out of their store And I put it next to the steps. And so instead of having to run up and down and put things away all the time, or like, I don't know about your kids, my kids come home and take all their clothes off or like (laughs) their socks one place and their shoes another place. And so there's always things that need to go back upstairs, but I don't want to like be running up and down. And so instead of not ever putting it away, I, during the day, just throw things in this little cute little basket by the stairs. And then at night I can take that up. And I already have everything together and it's like really easy to put that back where it belongs because I already like there's a system for it. Yeah. My husband and I were just talking about 
baskets <laughs> specifically by the stairs because i it. tend to like drape things drape clothes that's what it re- usually is like pajamas and stuff like yep. on our railing you know like this is not this is not a long-term solution <laughs> but yeah we have so many we have a lot of stairs in our house and i just don't go up and down them all day so no, no one wants to do that especially if you have kids you're like i'm not gonna go all the way upstairs and go back it's just yeah Little yeah things. so good well okay do you have any advice to share for someone who's like just getting started with minimalism, wants to declutter their homes, wants to live with less? I have a lot of advice, but um, aside from like go live in an RV for a little bit, I, I would encourage <laughs> anyone to live in an RV. Um, I would just challenge you to start, I'd start one room at a time. I think when you, I think people that burn out and they're like, I need to declutter and then they get overwhelmed just because they're looking at like their entire home. And so I would say if you can start, if you're like, I just want to get started, I don't know where to start, start somewhere that is something that you see and you use every day. So maybe that is your makeup drawer and maybe you have lipsticks in there from high school and you don't wear red lips anymore, or you have like liquid eyeliner that you no longer use. These are maybe examples from my own life of, you know, <laughs> previous self. Um, something for me is like, I, like I said, I had, I used to have a lot of heels. I think I have two pairs now. So go through something where, um, it's like an everyday item for you. Maybe it's your underwear drawer and your bras or like where you're like, you're constantly like, I only wear the same two things. Why do I have 20 of these? Right. Um, I'd say start somewhere where it's going to give you like, it's a daily use item. And you're also going to like feel the relief or the impact of that quickly, I think if you like start in your attic or going through Christmas decor, unless it's Christmas time, like you're not going to get that instant, like you're not going to get that dopamine effect from it, right? Like the hit of like, oh, wow, this was great. I'm going to keep going. Um, So maybe it's your play area. Maybe it's your, you know, the entryway. Um, So I'd say start somewhere impactful and daily use. And I'd also say, don't just don't start by buying more. I think that's a mistake a lot of people make is they're like, well, if I'm going to minimalize, you know, minimalism and organization, like we said, the systems, they go hand in hand. But I think the minimalism part has to go first before you start buying all these cute bins to organize everything. Actually take everything out first and say like, what do we want to keep? And what would be the best way to store this? And shop your house or shop a thrift store. But don't get caught up on the Pinterest or the Instagram reels of like, I need all these things to organize without doing the minimalism part first or else you're just adding more to your life. Yes. I've, I've like fallen into in the past, like the Dollar Tree baskets. Like you'll see people that make these amazing like craft organization Mm -hmm. systems with like all the Dollar Tree baskets. And that's really great. And it can be very helpful but I have fallen into like going and buying all the baskets, which it's the Dollar Tree. So what's the big deal? But then you end up with all these <laughs> baskets that you realize, oh, that didn't actually fit for me. And now what do I do with all these baskets? I, yeah, I have done that. Like I did that in my pantry years ago with, so I just went and bought a ton of baskets and then they didn't even fit. And I didn't, <laughs> I just tried to make it work. I didn't even know what to do with them. So I love that tip. Do you have any favorite like resources for minimalism or just like simple living in general? Yeah, I would say, I think my like disclaimer or caveat before sharing resources is to look at, to look for people that are doing the type of minimalism that you feel like 
is similar to you, right? Like there are people that live with two pairs of shoes and that's all they have. And they have like one coffee cup and they love that. I really like coffee cups. They bring me joy. Do I have 40 of them? No, but I probably have 10. And so I think like if you, you know, think about the influence, I guess just thinking of like content in general that you're consuming, just keep that in mind, like of what makes sense for your life. Um, I can think of three resources that I think have really helped me in this journey. One, I'd say your podcast, because I think it's really practical and everyone's already listening to that. So good job, guys. You already got number one. Um, (laughs) But I think keeping in mind of like minimalism for a reason, right? We're not just being minimal and like getting rid of everything because it's a fad or it's really cool. Like it, it can add and will add a ton of value and peace and joy to your life if you can re- like define what that really looks like in your own life. So props to you. Love your podcast. Two, the, this isn't minimalism specific, but the, um, oh my gosh, the, the joy, oh my gosh, Marie Kondo's um, Netflix documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is it just like tidying up? I think yeah, the, I want to call. I wanted to say the ruthless elimination because that's the ruthless elimination. Oh yeah, hurry! But it's like the joy of tidying up or something like yeah. that. And I watched that years ago when we we had just bought our first house. And I will say, I went out. I'm like, I need all the baskets and all the bins, and that's why my tip came from that. But I think what helped me about that and what really stood out is she talked about sentimental items and gifts, especially of like your only job is to accept them with gratitude. And I think I I got stuck for a long time and I had trouble with minimalism because I felt like I couldn't declutter or get rid of things that people gave me because they gave it to me where it wasn't maybe what I'm using or like I just, there's a sentimentality there. And so I think that that was like a mindset thing of seeing her go through and be like, okay, this may serve to purpose in another time of your life. Like maybe we take a picture of it. Maybe you keep one of these 10 items, but like if it's not really serving you, if it's not actually bringing you joy or adding value to your life, then you don't need to hold on to it because the physical things do add to our mental clutter and our stress and our overwhelm. And so that series I really liked for those like mindset parts of it. And then I think a third resource that I should use more than, um, I just have been renting, so I haven't done it a ton, but um, Nestor, it's McQuillan, I can't like pronounce her name correctly, but she has uh, The Cozy Minimalist, which is um, like a monthly subscription. And I really like her process of like quieting a room. And so when they go through, you know, these, I think four steps of, creating like your type of minimalism in a room and going room by room but that first step is actually like taking everything out of it and then kind of working from there and then she has a process of like lighting and drapes and like how really simple things can often create like the aesthetic that you want it's not necessarily that like you need to put all this more stuff in your room it's quieting it and getting rid of maybe all the stuff that you just brought from your last house and you kept using because you had it and thought like what do you really want this to look like and so That I like because I feel like it helps you get to your Pinterest aesthetic without, but like very intentionally of using, you know, shopping your house, get quieting the room, like letting it. And by quieting the room, she just means like taking all of the, you know, the decor and things out so you can start with a blank slate. Yeah, I love her. She, I just interviewed her actually. She's going to be on the podcast. She's going to be on the podcast in April. So anyone listening who is like, oh, I want to know more about that. Come back in April, but also go find her in the meantime. Yes. Um, Did I pronounce her name correctly? McCullen? 
I think I you did it. Your name wrong, <laughs> the nester is like how I usually refer to it. Yeah, yeah. I know. I <laughs> I talked to her about her name before we started recording because it's it is it's a it's a very unique name, but she says everyone gets it wrong, so it's fine. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, so those are all. Um, I thank you for the plug for minimalish and mm-hmm. I'm glad that you enjoy it but okay last question I have is what is something that you're learning about either either something that you're learning about minimalism right now or something that you're simplifying right now so you can pick one of those questions if you want to say both your choice hmm. I think something I'm learning about minimalism and like, I feel like I'm still kind of in the weeds of this right now, especially because I had three kids in under three years. And so my life – and I've moved twice in the last years. So I feel like our life has had just so many changes. And I think it's easy to wake up and be like, what just happened in these last few years? And for me specifically with clothes, I was telling my husband, I was like, I don't really love – a lot of my clothes because I've just chained my body has had three pregnancies and like all postpartum and all these different things in the last years. And so I think I'm just kind of relearning the like, okay, I, it's so easy to accumulate all these different things. And I'm like, what do, what do I have because I've just had it? And what do I have that I really enjoy? And that it's okay. Maybe this is just me with clothes. Sometimes I hold on to things. I'm like, I don't love it, but like, it's my only option for a white t-shirt right now. And I don't have another one. And I think realizing like it's okay actually to have less, like to actually just get rid of things that I don't like and I don't ever grab and they don't bring me joy and I feel gross in and just have a few things that I love and then slowly get back to like, I feel like I'm kind of redefining like what is my style now as a mom of toddlers and like I work from home and I'm stay at home most of the time and like what do I really enjoy, what I enjoy wearing or looking or feeling like is so different than it was five years ago. So I think that's something I'm I'm kind of learning about minimalism in this stage of my life and also just like the things that matter in my home and what really doesn't matter so much to me. And then I think the thing I'm simplifying right now is not actually super tangible or physical. It's more um, our time. And I think there's a whole aspect of minimalism, obviously, like a, most of it is our physical surroundings. But I've learned that my the busyness in my schedule and my calendar has such an impact on my overall more stress or anxiety too. And so trying to take the same concepts of not cluttering my physical space with not cluttering our calendar and our time, that is, I feel, so I feel like I'm just really focusing on the time aspect right now of like not saying like you don't let everything into your home like I'm not letting everything onto my calendar either yeah I love talking about and like applying really time minimalism to my life as well I just think it's almost more impactful than this stuff Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways and also probably so many people can relate to the struggle with the wardrobe I feel like I've had that conversation with many women lately of just like I don't know what to wear anymore. <laughs> it's a real struggle. I no, I think I think I got sucked into that. And this is something that minimalism can be hard with is like when we think there's one way to do something. And I, I remember 
don't know, it was postpartum with maybe my first or second kid, thinking like, okay, I'm going to do a capsule wardrobe because this will force me to only wear things I like. But then it's like, I felt like I had to like buy and curate and like there was almost this pressure of like, well, I need five shirts and two pairs of pants. And so (laughs) I kind of stopped because I felt myself like being a perfectionist about it or like feeling like it was actually not going to, I think in the future, I would love a capsule wardrobe. I don't know. I can't remember if you have one or not, but like, no. I love the idea of like seasonal ones or just the idea of having outfits that like only the things that you really love. But yeah, that the closet's been a struggle. Yeah, I think capsule wardrobes for me feels like I know that they can be great, but for some reason it's like a mental block for me. I'm just like, what I I don't know how to put that all together because yeah. I'm not like the most fashion like minded person. So I usually think of it like a uniform of just like I, I think of like the cartoon the cartoon character version of me. Um, it sounds so weird, but like, what is the thing I want to wear all the time? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the if I was a cartoon character, what is the one outfit that I would wear? <laughs> and so then weird. I have like, and then I think about like the season or not the seasons, but like the different places, like the different places I have to be. Like, okay, most of the time I'm at home, but like, what would I wear on a date night? And so I have like certain uniforms for those things. But I'm still That's like, so I'm figuring out. I'm trying to figure out pretty much all of the uniforms other than like being at home right now. I feel like I have a good uniform for like what I like to wear when I'm home or like working from home, but leaving the house, not as much. That's so funny. I like that. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> well, I've loved this conversation. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can listeners find you? I'm jordanjones.co on Instagram and then jordanjones.co is my website as well. Okay. Well, thank you so much again for coming on the show, Jordan. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is so great. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jordan. If you are a creative entrepreneur in any way, you should head over to her podcast, Work and Worship. I've been learning a lot from Jordan. I really enjoy listening to her podcast. And that's saying a lot because I really don't listen to a lot of podcasts since I'm always podcasting. I just feel like I get burnout from podcasts. So I'm just sending you on over to her podcast as well if it is a topic that relates to you. Jordan's story and advice really resonated with me in so many ways. I hope you found some kind of inspiration today that you could take away from this episode. And if that is the case for you, if you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you would share it with a friend. You can always text the episode to a friend or just share it on social media, wherever you like to share things. I am grateful for you for any way that you share. And I will talk to you right back here again on the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.